Vision Sunday talk, for those of you here for the first time this evening, you've come on an evening where the Vision Sunday talk is a bit longer than normal ones. That's why we've, uh, you know, we might pass the sweets around again uh, if it, you know, <laughs> if I notice that, you know, energy levels are dropping off. Um, but uh, we start with the Bible. We start with Acts chapter 11, which uh, is just after the Gospels. It's the book of Acts. Uh, and we're, I'm going to read from Acts chapter 11. I'm going to read verses 19 to 30. And as you hear me read this, this is what my heart for our church is. That our church becomes a mission church to the region. Not just the city, but the region around us. So Acts chapter 11, reading from verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So my heart for St. Barnabas is that under God, we become a mission church to the region. A church like the one described in Antioch, which God grew through unnamed witnesses sharing the good news confidently with many people from different cultures. That's one of the marks of the church in Antioch, that, it's, that the good news spread to people that were different. I really hope that's a mark of our church, that we start to reach people who are very different from ourselves. Let's pray that in. This, the church in Antioch caught the attention of the mothership back in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to come and find out what was going on. And Barnabas, described as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, visited, encouraged. And then he invited Saul, who was later to be called Paul, to join him there. And this church became a place of sending and return with a rhythm of meeting 
in weekly gatherings, and then throughout the week in extended households. And it was where the disciples were first called Christians. Literally, little Christs. And we don't know whether that was a kind of mockery term or whether that was a recognizing that these people were really trying to follow Jesus. Could have been either. But they were recognized that there was something different going on in their lives. And that's where they were first called Christians. What I love about this passage and what catches my attention is that it is through unnamed witnesses that the gospel spreads, that the good news is shared. It's not big names. It's not someone with the biggest amount of likes on Facebook or the Twitter feed. It's unnamed witnesses. That means people like you and people like me. Hmm. That's exciting. God calls us in to participate with sharing his goodness with those around us. He makes it possible for us to do that. Barnabas rocked up at Antioch and affirmed what was going on and I really want to affirm what goes on here at St. Barnabas. You are a fantastic group of people of faith and generosity and care and compassion. I've received this myself uh, over the years that I've been here and uh, most recently I've had to uh, go up to my mum in Glasgow just really suddenly because she was, uh, got ill and I've been really blown away by the amount of times that people here have come up to me and said, how's it going? I'm praying for you. Uh, I've had people offer meals and I've had people leave a meal on the doorstep. It was in its full wrapper, you'll be glad to know. <laughs> Wasn't that great? Just to kind of have that sort of care going on. I got, uh, got back today and I don't know who. I don't know whether there's a group of people or one or two people, but there was an anonymous gift of, um, of money through my door saying to help you with your travel up to Glasgow at the moment. I mean, isn't, it's just amazing. Amazing. And this is St. Barnabas Church, this is you. This is us. And I hear examples of that, I've received that myself. But you also, I hear of you doing that with each other and people that you know within the church. And then I also hear of you doing that with people who don't yet come to church, who don't yet know Jesus. I heard of somebody recently who gave their neighbor a meal because they had heard that their neighbor was going through quite a difficult time. And the neighbor was completely overwhelmed that somebody would think to share with them in that way. You see, things that we do as a matter of course within our church, well, when we share those with people who don't regularly go to church, we see an extension of God's goodness. We see the good news spreading. We see the gospel spreading. Our overall aim is to reach people who don't yet know Jesus and invite them to commit their lives to him. And when we started the uh, vision that we're on at the moment, where in 2015 we introduced the, the strap line, with a technical term, uh, which is we, are, we aspire to be followers of Jesus, sharing the goodness of God with everyone. Let's try repeating that back to me, okay, okay. 
followers of Jesus sharing the goodness of God with everyone. Okay, now take the memory expressions off you if you're trying to bring that back to memory. Now let's do that with smiling. I was a bit like Strictly where they're trying to remember the steps and they're, oh, Strictly, no, okay. Right, let's not go into Strictly. Okay, try it. Followers of Jesus sharing the goodness of God with everyone. Wow, smiling, that, you know, sounds like it's good. Because it is, because God is good. That's what we've been singing, fantastic. That's what we aspire to be. And over the five years since uh, 2015, we've plotted out a route for this aspiration, and we've, each year we've had a particular key word. So the words that we've had to typify each year are establish, expand, multiply, plant, and regional center. And as I reflect back on the year of multiply, which is the year just gone, I want to acknowledge that whilst there's been a huge amount to be thankful for, we haven't multiplied as much as we'd wanted to. And as a consequence of that, we're not in a position to move to plant, which was the original plan for this year. But as I've looked at what God is already doing, and as I've listened to people, and as we've talked about this year, we can see that God is making connections for us. So it seems right to, for this year, to swap plant and regional center. So that means that next year, we'll start to look for opportunities to plant. So it's not that we're going to suddenly start on September 2019 with a plant. We're going to start with looking for opportunities to plant, see what God's doing. So let's be praying about it through this year. What, where are you taking us, Lord? What are you releasing amongst us? And this year, our focus is going to be regional center. Now, as soon as I say that, that sounds like Martin Spencer, who I used to work for. Let's go for regional center this year. And again, I can... Yeah, you're looking at me now. That's so we're going to rename that as Vibrant Hub. Okay, yeah, okay, it seems to land, not bad. Okay, great. And the way we're going to describe this year is the word share. Okay, share is what this year is about. So during this year of share, we've got three main goals. The first one is that we want everyone in our church to be involved in the adventure of missional discipleship. We're all the unnamed witnesses. So we all want to be involved with that. And simply put, going on this adventure is listening to what it is that God is saying to us and then putting it into action. Some people are really good at hearing the first part, what is God saying? And some people are really good at doing the second part, action. What we want to do is to do both of those things. Let's hear what God's saying, and then our action is based on that. And we work out that action in communities together. Where the early church had extended households as a natural part of their society and the way that they worked, nowadays we don't have extended households. So Barnabas communities, those missional communities, those Barnabas communities that we're, we have as part of our church life is our way of trying to recapture some of that early church way of being communities together. So during this year, we want everybody in our church to be involved in a Barnabas community. And here at the evening gathering, this is a gathering of communities. Young people, students, young adults, you're all here connected in with communities. And what we want to do during this year is that every member of our church 
gets the opportunity to be part of a Barnabas community. Barnabas community being a place to belong, a place to grow, and a place to share with people who don't yet know Jesus. Communities that have an outward focus, saying we want to reach this group of people with what we've learned about God, what we know about God, because we don't want to keep this to ourselves. We are here because 11 disciples and then 120 people gathered in a room got inspired, ignited by the Holy Spirit and took the good news out. They didn't hold it to themselves. We wouldn't be here without that. Generations later. It's quite a thought, isn't it? Here we are, 21st century Cambridge, beautiful city. Because 120 people caught light and took the good news out. Come on, Lord. Do it in our time. Let us reach the generations. All the generations across this city. Mm. To do that, we'd love to see a greater variety of Barnabas communities. And in the morning gathering on the 18th of November, we're going to have a Barnabas Communities Fair. And I want to invite you to come to that to pray for all the different Barnabas communities, uh, including the ones that you're part of, uh, on that morning. And also, as you go around, I want you to look around and think, okay, Lord, is there, is there something missing here? Are there, is there a something that you're putting on my heart to start with another group of people to say, let's start another Barnabas community. Because we want to see our church reaching lots of different people. And we're not there yet. But that only comes through people like yourselves, like me, hearing what it is that God's saying and then putting it into practice. It's, it's not that I'll be saying, oh, I think we need to do this, 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 and this. I might chuck a few seeds out in conversations one-to-one -one with you. But actually, it's more that we're hearing from God, okay. And sometimes, we're hearing from God, okay, what do you want us to do, Lord? And sometimes that hearing God th comes through a, just a slight sense of frustration of, ooh, this isn't happening in this church. Well, maybe you and a few people are part of the answer to that frustration. But always keep in mind that the community that God might be calling you to start up is to reach people who don't yet know Jesus. And as long as it's biblical, legal, and moral, <laughs> anything goes. Yeah? But let's have that going on. Let's be praying about that. See, Barnabas communities are an incredibly exciting opportunity to grow in discipleship, to learn more, about what it is to follow Jesus as we go out on an adventure together. During this year, uh, we're in the, also in the process of forming a, a community that's gonna be based at the center of the church that's going to involve our home groups. And Helen and Tim Jackson are gonna start off leading that, and uh, that's gonna give us another uh, community, a Barnabas community, that links in with the life of our church. So watch this space for more information about that. In this last year, 
Uh, we've had a great synergy between welcome and invitation. People being welcomed into Barnabas communities and then invited onto, into different aspects of our church life, including Alpha. And many of you were involved in setting up Alpha and washing huge numbers of plates, producing amazing food. And we saw people who were linked in with communities coming to Alpha and putting their trust and faith in Jesus. And we saw some people walking in off the street and coming to faith in Jesus. This combination of welcome, invitation, and opportunities for people to come to faith is so key as we carry on through this year. So you'll see Alpha coming again next term. So do already be thinking, oh, can I be involved in that as we go forward? Okay, I want you to turn to somebody uh, near you and just pick out one thing from what I've said that really struck you in those first few moments. Off you go. Okay, so during this year, we want everybody in our church to have the opportunity to grow as missional disciples, to learn what it is to be unnamed witnesses and to be part of a Barnabas community. Also during this year, we want to share with other churches what, it, what is distinctive about our own church. So the question that we're asking is, what are we doing in terms of missional discipleship that is distinctive that will help resource another church move into this way of being church? What we're about as a church is quite distinctive, wanting everybody to play their part and to have their part in sharing God's goodness. And we want to share that particular distinctive part of our church life with churches around us. And in September, we had a taster workshop and we had six churches from this area uh, coming on that taster workshop and five of them have signed up to return in January to then uh, start to come on a journey with us to learn more about that. So that is hugely exciting. Uh, we also this year, uh, we have form students with us. We have five form students who are members of our church who have got, yeah, fantastic. Oh, and we will be introducing them during October. So coming soon, you'll be able to get, hear all about the form students and hear from them directly. And uh, they've got uh, day jobs for part of the week out and about in the city. And then they have a day of study and a day of serving in the church's life. And again, that's really exciting to be linked in with a form network where we can learn more about what it is to be missional disciples. And then we are really committed, as many of you know, to participating in the higher tour. Uh, what's going on over these two weeks is that the message uh, from uh, Manchester are in schools in uh, the Cambridgeshire area, and they are uh, taking uh, lessons and doing all sorts of things to give people in schools an opportunity to hear about a different way of living that you can live life differently. You don't have to follow the culture. You can live life differently and follow Jesus. And uh, at the end of this week, on Friday night at the junction, there's going to be an opportunity for all of those people who have been having those interactions uh, during the week to then come to hear about how to commit your life to Jesus. Now, hugely excitingly, that's not English, but there we are. Teachers among you are flinching at me at the moment. Um, last week, uh, the Message Trust was in schools in areas beyond Cambridge, and at St. Neots on Friday night, 500 young people came, 
At Ely Cathedral last night, 600 young people came. And on both nights, 250 young people came forward to respond to the message about Jesus and picked up a Bible to take away with them. Isn't that awesome? Absolutely amazing. Now, we want more this week at the junction, don't we? Come on. We'll double, double. Any advance on double? Come on, let's go big. Wait, double the double. Okay, great. And what I'm really, really excited about is that these young people who are responding then get connected in with an app, and then with that app get connected in with groups and communities. And our church is involved through Jess and the young people here of giving these young people a space to have six weeks to learn more about the Christian faith, having made that commitment. And I'm really praying that those people become part of our church, become part of the communities that our young people are part of, or if as they're part of it, they think, actually, I want to go to a church more local to me, that's absolutely fine. I don't care where people end up going to church, I just want people to follow Jesus, yeah? So we've heard those two, two goals so far in this year of share. All of us learning to be missional disciples and being involved in Barnabas communities, are sharing with churches around us what it means to be, uh, to be distinctive as missional disciples, and then coming back to our church, coming back to our church, the third goal for this year is that all of us learn how to share our faith joyfully and confidently with those around us. And that's quite a big goal. But it's going to be a lot of fun together as we do that. I'm really delighted that we have so many children connected with our church. Uh, on Sunday mornings, you can see up to 70 noughts to 11s zipping around. Um, but you know, it's often listening to the children that we hear uh, examples of them sharing their faith very naturally, confidently, uh, joyfully. Yeah. So excited. And if you're looking for an area where you think, actually, I want to serve this church, I want to give time to this church, joining either the children's team or the youth team is a great way to get involved and to get plugged in and to raise up the next generation. And if you think, oh, I can't possibly think about getting involved in children or, or youth, that just it's too much. Well, hosting, hospitality, that's, you know, the coffee making, saying hello to people as they come in, great way to get plugged into the life of our church, to join teams to do that. Yeah, we have lots of teams to be involved in, worship, all sorts of things. So do just talk to any of us. We'd love to plug you into teams, as well as making sure that you're part of communities, which is that primary place of belonging and looking outwards. I'm really pleased that Danny's joined the staff team this year. He's, he's got a real heart for uh, discipling children and seeing children come to faith in Jesus and for children to share their faith. So we're gonna learn a lot through this year. 
And our hope is, and our aim is that from the summer, summer 2019, that Danny will become our curate, still with that responsibility over children's work. So that's something we're really praying for, that that will be taking place in the summer. So watch, uh, uh, watch this space for more on that. James has already given a great description of the commitment cards and uh, what we want you to do with that. Pray, ask God, what can you pledge to the life of this church over the next year, then write it on this card and bring it back and stick it in the basket um, as it goes around next week. The image that is there on that card is uh, where we're heading to with Share during the autumn time. Sharing light with each other. Sparks being ignited, passing from hand to hand. And on the back of this card is John chapter 4, 39 to 42. And these verses are the verses that I would love to be known for. I'd love to be known as somebody who shares her story with those around them, with people around and that those people get to know Jesus for themselves. So let's read these verses together. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stop with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. These verses are at the end of John's account of Jesus meeting the woman at the well. Jesus, who sat down tired through a very long journey and thirsty, and he turned to a woman who'd come to take well at, uh, water from a well at the middle of the day and said, woman, would you give me a drink? She was completely shocked because he was crossing a cultural boundary there. He was talking to a woman who was there on her own. She was also crossing a cultural boundary because most of the women would have been out early in the morning drawing water because it's a lot cooler to draw water at that time of day. And there she was at midday. She was isolated from her community. And if you read John chapter four, you'll find out why she was isolated from her community. But that does not stop Jesus having the conversation with her. And that does not stop her getting into a very feisty conversation with him. In my head, she speaks with a Scouse accent. (laughs) Because she's got a lot of attitude the woman at the well. She has got a lot of attitude. And every time Jesus comes back to her with an answer, she, she comes back with something else. She's really dodging the bullets. Until finally, she realizes that this is the Messiah. And she runs back to the townspeople. And she says, could this be the man 
that told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? She shares her story with the townspeople. The townspeople race out to Jesus and they say, stay with us. And Jesus stays with them. And that's this point in the story. They say to her, we no longer believe simply because of your story. That had helped them come to faith in Jesus, but they no longer believe simply because of your story. We believe because we've heard for ourselves this is the savior of the world. Do you know, I would love to be able to share my story better than I can. So I need to learn about how I share my story. But I want to do that. Not so that people get to hear about me, but so that people get to hear about Jesus and then are able to put their faith in Jesus themselves and then are able to share their story. It's a combination of humility and clarity in terms of sharing our story. We're gonna hear now three stories. And uh, I just wanted to bring these stories as just examples of what God does. Because at the end of our passage in Antioch, if you can remember back all those years ago when I started this talk, what it says in that passage is that the disciples responded, when they heard the word from the prophet Agabus, who I get confused with Bagpus, when they heard the word from Agabus, they responded as each one was able. And I think as we share our stories, it's we respond as each one of us is able. So I need a microphone, can I have another microphone? That'd be great. Uh, now, for some of you, you're starting out on, you're starting out um, with freshers. Uh, you, you know, you've just come to Cambridge, you've got opportunities to have conversations. And uh, so this story uh, is about somebody who's just started in a new workplace. So Pete, will you come forward and uh, just share? Well, sure, yeah, let's hear it for Pete, great. So, um, yeah, so I started working at a new place last week um, and my prayer throughout it all has really been to, to be more confident in, in sharing my faith. Um, before I worked in this job, I worked for a church, which is naturally quite a good conversation starter. Um, but it's been amazing how, like, when you pray for opportunities, they happen. And uh, to the point where sometimes I'm a little bit nervous to pray for people because I know I'll end up having a conversation with them. <laughs> and there, there is that sort of thing to, to get over. Um, but every day last week, pretty much, somebody has come up to me and out of the blue, after like sort of hours of silence, have just said, so what did you do before you came here? And so instantly I'm like, well, I worked for a church, so, you know, and I would explain what I used to do and we got into a conversation about church. And it's been amazing, the conversations that have come out of these moments and it keeps happening. Um, and it turns out, you know, there's connections, family connections with the church I worked at. Or um, There's one story in particular I really want to share where there's a guy who's literally just finished at Angular Ruskin. Um, and when I told him that Rach, Rach is my wife, um, 
when I told him that, that Rach works here, the, the, his first reaction was, oh, that's a great church. They're really engaged with students. They're really interested in students. And I think it's amazing that they do that. Like this guy is not a Christian at all, but that's his impression of this church because of what we do now. Like just to encourage you that actually, you know, our reach is a bit further than we know sometimes, but that's, that's just a few stories and I'm, I'm praying for more next week. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Great. Brilliant. Brilliant. And that's what's going on at the moment. There seems to be a kind of... People seem to be really interested to find out about Jesus. If you go on the Talking Jesus website, if you want some statistics at the moment from research about people's reactions to Christians' faith, there's some really encouraging statistics at the moment about people really want to hear from us. You know, when I read the website, I was kind of surprised because that's not what the media say, is it? But when you read the research that's gone on in Talking Jesus, so if, you're a statistic, if you like statistics rather than stories, check out Talking Jesus' website, even if you don't like statistics. Head on there. It's really, really encouraging. Okay, uh, now I want to invite Jess up, and she's going to bring us another story. Great. Come on, Jess. Woo! Uh, so a few weeks ago um, in youth in the morning, um, I was getting them to pray for their friends that, they don't, that don't know Jesus um, and really wanted to, them to somehow have an action like after being there on the Sunday and praying to actually go and do something. And talking about Jesus can be quite scary. So um, what I got them to do was to ask God for one thing that they could encourage the person they're praying for with um, in the week. And I did it as well. Um, and I was praying for my friends. Um, and what God said to me was to do something crafty with her was the thing that I was meant to do and I know that she likes doing craft but it's not something I ever see her do um but she's one of my housemates and later in the week um I got home from work and there was wool everywhere and she'd signed up to do a felting stool um and she was really stressed about the fact that she needed to make loads of animals out of felt um and so although it's something I'd not really necessarily engaged with before in like as that's one of the things she loves doing um, I was able to um, offer my services to help make felt animals um, so from a place of being like I don't really know why God would say something crafty when that's not really something I do with her um, it just opened up opportunities to spend an evening um, hanging out with her and like we're still quite a long way off from talking about Jesus and kind of doing that invitation to church and stuff but um it was just another step towards kind of building that friendship and building that relationship with her fantastic thank you Woo. thank you very much Great. Uh, and i heard a story from a family the uh, children uh, were really disappointed because they hadn't been able to get involved with uh, mince pie giveaways at mill road winter fair uh, that will all become evident as we head towards december um, and they'd missed it this particular year, and they said to them, their mum, we really want to do something. So uh, the family made gingerbread biscuits and took them out to their neighbours. Then uh, They now kind of do that every year. One of the neighbours said to them, I've lived on this road for 20 years, and he said, nobody has ever come to me from this street. It's a little start of a share, isn't it? Lots of different ways of sharing. 
What strikes you about what it is that you can share? You might not be a gingerbread person, but what is it that God's put in your hands to share? Have a moment just to, just to think. There are people that we pray for regularly. We, we, we call those people people of peace. Friends or work colleagues or unexpected encounters. People who are open to you and welcome you. And we want to share our faith with everyone. But let's be looking out for those people of peace who are welcoming you so that you can share stories. I wanted to end on... Uh, one story that happened to me very recently. So we're nearly coming into land with this talk. Well done, everyone. You're hanging on in there. So as I said, I've um, been uh, going up to Glasgow to be with my mum, who isn't well. And it's quite a... uh, I mean, it's a vulnerable time for her, and it's a vulnerable time for our family, and and personally, I'm finding it hard. Um... But on one of uh, my, the, the visit that I went up before last, um, I realized I needed a little bit of space in the context of the visit to, yeah, just go out and do something different. And I also knew that my hair needed doing. So I booked a hair appointment. So off I uh, went through Google to find uh, a hairdresser nearby, uh, and uh, I booked in with this hairdresser. And we, She said, oh, what are you doing here? And I told her that uh, I was up visiting my mum and we had quite a conversation about that and she was really concerned about my mum and it was a really, really great conversation. And then she asked that question that uh, for me in the job that I do, uh, there is no get out of jail card. (laughs) When I used to work for M&S, I could say, well, I work for M&S. And people would say, why don't you have any size 16s in stock? Or why did you you sell out of turkeys? it's quite easy to talk about those sort of things. Of course, in the job I do now, I've got no option. I say, I'm a vicar or I lead a church. And then I spot people's reactions. And, you know, mostly people are either disinterested or they're very interested. It's very rare now I get that, ooh, can't stand the thought of that. Again, that's just a shift that's going on at the moment. I notice people are way more interested in God and we have been for a, a long time. Anyway, so I said what I do, and she said, oh, I've got questions about faith. <laughs> and in the back of my head, I'm thinking, that sounds like an alpha advert to me. <laughs> that really does sound like an alpha advert. And then at the same time, I'm, I'm just listening to God, and God's going, okay, don't go too fast. Just, uh, you know, just go with where she is on this. And, and I said, oh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. And... Uh, she told me a little bit about her interactions with church in the past, and she um, said she'd been hurt by church in the past, so I apologized for that. And she said, oh, no, I'm over that now, but I've got real questions about faith now. And she said, I go to uh, church once a year at Christmas uh, to a church nearby called KPC. And she said, I go with my friends, and I come, we come out at the end of the service, and I always say, I want to go back there. And my friends laugh at me. And I said, oh, are your friends Christians? And uh, she said, no, 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 we just go for a laugh. But she said, I always come out of there wanting to go back. That's what I want to do. 
So we carried on chatting for a bit, and then we got to the bit where the colour, I know that might be a surprise to you that this is coloured, but yes, where the colour has to take, and technically that takes at least 20 minutes. You're interested in that sort of statistic, aren't you? Anyway, so I had 20 minutes of my own. I was given the inevitable magazines. I spent a lot of time re reading about Meghan and Harry and whoever they are. And, uh, <laughs> and perhaps there was a Kardashian sprinkled around. I don't know, but there we are. And then I thought, ooh, Google. Come on, Anne, Google. So I Googled KPC, and there this church, which was two minutes away from the hairdressing salon, had a, a, a course going on about inquiring about faith. And then I went on the Alpha website, and I Googled the area, and this same church, KPC, the church that she goes to once a year, where she says, I would love to be able to go back to that, has an Alpha course starting at the end of October. Isn't that amazing? Why do I think that's amazing? Because it was her time. I wasn't even in Glasgow seven days earlier. I wasn't even supposed to be in Glasgow seven days later, uh, earlier. But there I happened to be in her hairdressing salon, random vicar from down south. <laughs> and the conversation opens up. God is amazing, it was her time. Like the woman at the well, that was her time to meet with Jesus. Like this woman, it's the next stage on her journey. Uh, because of course you'll be glad to know I did share what was on the phone. I did say to her, oh, look, I've just done a little bit of research, look what I found. She said, oh, I'll talk to the minister. Amazing, God goes ahead, he prepares. There are people out there for us to share with, to share his goodness, his love, and as we share our stories, my prayer is that these people get to hear for themselves that this is the saviour of the world.